You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Astro Line. Astro Line. Astro Line. Carbach Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astro Line. Astro Line. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. That ball is gone. 2019 American League champion. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepard. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. It is Astroline, and welcome. Good crowd here tonight as the caravan has come to Houston. And we have Dustin Garneau, one of our new players, a catcher, and Joby Agini, relief pitcher, with us tonight to take some questions. We'll entertain those on social media for you tonight. And it's a big, big week as these players have been really busy making the rounds of various stops. And uh, this is, a, what, what, about their third stop of the day, I believe, for these players. And other groups are in the area as well. 2020 Astros season tickets are on sale now. Enjoy some of the best seats and exclusive benefits throughout the season at Minute Maid Park. For tickets and more information, visit astros.com slash season tickets or call 877-9-ASTROS. Well, the big news of the day, George Springer has agreed to a contract with the Astros for 2020. Everybody pleased with that and anxious to see Mr. Springer and his teammates in uniform very soon. We're uh, now less than a month away from the reporting date for pitchers and catchers to spring training at West Palm Beach, and we'll be talking with a pitcher and a catcher we mentioned on this show as we go along tonight. We'll also hear from Twyla Carter and uh, hear more about FanFest that's coming up on Saturday. Hope you're making your plans to go, and there are special occasions for you to meet uh, players, get autographs, and do some things that you don't normally get a chance to do down on the field at Minute Maid Park on Saturday. As we go along tonight as well, we'll find out more about uh, the Astros' makeup, of course. Uh, you know who the players are, but how these new guys are going to fit into the scheme of things in the bullpen and uh, the catching core and uh, talk about the pitching staff, talk about the regular players that you know so much about. But what is the 2020 version of these players going to bring you? So every season a brand new year, and we have a lot to talk about here tonight. Coming up, uh, we'll be joined, of course, by Joe Biagini. And Dustin Garneau, and you're listening to Astroline Live from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, downtown Houston, presented by Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. 
The Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA, is the official kids club of the Houston Astros and the coolest way to show off your Astros pride in school or on the playground. For only $30, get Astros Buddies items, including a backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard, as well as tickets to select home games at Minute Maid Park. To learn more or to become a member, go to astros.com slash buddies. 3-2 from Devo. Hit high in the air to right center field. This is playable for Reddick. He's there, makes the catch, and the Astros have thrown a no-header. Aaron Sanchez, Will Harris, Joe Biagini, and Chris Davinsky hold the Mariners to no hits as the Astros win it. Nine to nothing. Celebration in the middle of the diamond at Minute Maid Park. Twelfth no-hitter in Astros history on a night they honored the franchise's best. It was the pitchers who stole the show. A big part of that no-hitter here on Astroline, Joe Biagini. Twelfth no-hitter, as you heard, in franchise history. And <laughs> Joe had just joined the Astros along with Aaron Sanchez. Uh, you guys were magnificent that night. Did you even... Were you even able to process everything that was happening so quickly in your life when, when all these things were unfolding? Um, well, I um, I remember when we got traded, uh, we were both uh, left by the team in Kansas City, and the team went one way, and we went back to the hotel, and then uh, we just went out to dinner, um, and we just kind of sat there and talked about it and thought about it. And, uh, yeah, I remember just kind of joking about it and, you know, how excited we were to be joining that, this, this team. And, and then we got on a plane and we got, you know, obviously the first couple of days when you join a new team and you're in a new clubhouse and environment, you're just trying to make sure you're wearing the right jersey and, you know, find your lucky underwear and remember <laughs> where everything is and just where's the field and what direction is, you know, which hand do I put my glove on and stuff like that. So I don't know if it was helpful even maybe just in a, as yeah. a distraction, but yeah. it was, um, you know, I, I really remember thinking we got to, you know, set low expectations for our first game, you know, just to make sure we can build up from there. And so we certainly uh, – failed at that but uh <laughs> it was definitely a pretty cool moment and it was funny i remember joking with aaron about it afterwards and just being like this is like the culmination of all of this kind of jokingly half joking half serious conversation that we've had since getting traded about how excited we were to join this team and it's like these guys are crushing people and we're you know and it's like and then of course we throw a no hitter the first <laughs> game you know and win nine to nothing so um yeah it was it would all it all felt like it was just part of the experience mm-hmm. And uh, Aaron Sanchez had surgery, unfortunately, on his shoulder, and he's out right now. But have you had much of a chance to talk with him at all this winter, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I um, the uh, the um, the relationship that we had from a few years in Toronto definitely carried over when we got traded. It was kind of fun to have that um, continuing. Uh, you know, through to the next team. It was, again, like I just said, it was fun to have him and me together to kind of, I don't know, try to figure out that whole experience like you were talking about um, together. And so um, then when we go into the off season, 
obviously he had the surgery, and I remember him coming uh, to the field uh, when we were in Anaheim and, um, you know, saying hi to everybody. And then just kind of keeping up with how his rehab is going. You know, it's obviously really frustrating to have that happen. It's never a good time to get hurt. Um, and so, you know, just trying to be sensitive with that and checking in and see how things are going um, is, you know, one of the things that, you know, I feel like it's something that when you have that together, you have those experiences together, it's like it's nice to be able to kind of keep that up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This isn't really the question, but it was definitely a um, – obviously extremely frustrating for him and then frustrating for me to kind of be alongside of him throughout this whole process and I just you know just hope that he continues to you know fight through it and and uh, come back even better absolutely you know your new battery mate here Dustin Garneau is a real pro he's had the microphone he's had the microphone up above above nose level as he had a couple of quick bites of the burger here now he flips it down a into healthy burger <laughs> there you go healthy burger uh, gluten welcome free welcome to the astros fishy. dustin thank you for having me I'm, I'm pretty excited to be part of this team how's it been for you so far in these uh, times in houston how many days have you been here now uh, i got here monday night and this is my second day in the caravan so but it's been awesome for me just to be able to meet new players and kind of break the ice and go into spring training and not know nobody walking in that locker room right and did you know Joe before the last few days? No, I just had one at bat against him actually last year. But other than that, I didn't know him. And if I, if I knew how he was now, I would have taken my bat a little, a little less seriously. Hey. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You punched, hey. me, you punched my ticket. So. <laughs> well, uh, you've been with a few teams now in your yeah. career. You're a veteran. You come in here to this situation. Did you see this coming? No, but – no one can see this coming because it's unprecedented in baseball. So it's, uh, it's just different. I mean, this, the team's a, a very young and veteran team, obviously, but the young guys, like I was talking to somebody earlier, the young guys have experienced so much in the last three years that pretty much they're veterans in the game of baseball, playing World Series and playoffs every year, that it'll be a speed bump for the team, but I think we're going to be all right this season. With the Angels uh, and Vince Catronio, the Oakland broadcaster, was telling me, you grew up in Anaheim. You're playing for the Angels. You get to drop the kids off at school and go to the ballpark. <laughs> Not too many guys have that opportunity. That was the perfect situation for me, at least. I mean, I was living, I lived three miles from the stadium. It was a 10-minute drive, if that, depending on traffic, obviously, in California. But to be able to go and see my kids every day was the, the best part about it. Mm -hmm. You obviously have a lot to do in terms of working with these pitchers, as you mentioned. Uh, how long do you think it takes you to get up to speed to, with a brand-new staff in spring training? Oh, man, every team's different, obviously, depending on the characters of the guys uh, that I'm working with. Um, this this brings me very – it's going to be cool for me to experience catching these guys of the caliber that they're at, being on the bullpen guys and the starters. So I've, told, I've said this a bunch that I'm just going to be open eyes and open ears for the first part and see how they kind of go about their business and then learn their, learn their situations and learn how they, they do all that and take that into me uh, making a rapport with them. Mm -hmm. And, Joe, as you moved into that bullpen situation last year – it was just an outstanding bullpen. And there have been a few changes this year, but it would be nice to have Ryan Presley healthy all season long. It would be, I think, for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, he's a really fun guy to watch pitch. I mean, I was definitely paying attention when he pitched and um, maybe more than I was actually paying attention when I pitched. But, uh, <laughs> just kidding, definitely kidding, sort of. Um, but I... Um, yeah, that I, I was really enjoying, you know, being a part of that group, and uh, 
you know, I was given the opportunity to make a bunch of changes last year and not that it, you know, if I hadn't, it would have gone any better, but I definitely struggled a little bit. So uh, down the stretch, but it was, um, it was nice to see how those guys work and um, just kind of what worked for them. And also the, the way that the Astros have used the analytics and used their, um, you know, ability to identify kind of what works and how we want to approach um, at bats and things like that as a pitcher. And those guys were executing it really well, and it was fun to to watch. And, um, you know, I had heard stories about how well he was doing, and then to have him, you know, just to see him and the frustration it was with his knee or whatever was going on um, was definitely, again, another one of those, you know, parts of it that was like, for one, it's so hard to be consistent and have kind of that ability to consistently throw the ball well when you're off and on coming back and you know he was trying to be responsible and and uh give himself enough time to recover but he you know he was also trying to get back as soon as he was was ready and um it's just it's frustrating to watch especially because he you know everybody knew how good he is and so it's like we wanted to get him back out there but we also wanted to make sure that he wasn't gonna you know push too hard or whatever um but yeah i mean you can imagine how I mean, full seasons that he can put together, just like a Will Harris type season from last year. Um, but it was it was just it was fun to watch those guys execute the game plan, and uh, you know it was, it was fun to just sit there and watch it and learn from it and try to apply it myself. You know, it was kind of a crash course, but I I definitely picked up some of the you know kind of the things they were doing, and it was um, it's you know a fun idea to think all of these things are available for me and I can kind of put them into play and hopefully get better next year at it and get more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Dustin, as you faced the Astros, obviously it was it was tough to hit against them. They had a high strikeout rate. They just – Cole had an unbelievable year. Verlander won the Cy Young Award, et cetera. We've talked about Presley and, of course, Osuna, the closer, led the league in saves. But uh, that's a challenge <laughs> facing these guys. That's an understatement, knowing that going into a game if you can get – one or two runs off your, off their starters, that's actually a good game for you guys. And then try to get them out as soon as possible, but they're going seven, eight innings every night. So, And then knowing if you get them out of the game, the guys that are in, in the bullpen that are coming out with those arms to shut the game down, it's a, it, there's no let-up in either the lineup or the pitching staff. It, it's, it's a tough team to play against. As you look forward to 2020 now, uh, have you followed the moves uh, by the other clubs in the American League West? It, it seems like teams have strengthened themselves and it's going to be a little more difficult yeah the rangers have made some big moves for sure the angels are trying to bring some arms in and rendon obviously and then the athletics they're always competitive and they bring in whoever they have to it's um and the mariners are going to be if they start off the season like they did last year and stay healthy they're going to be able to bang with anybody so it's a it's a very very tough division you had a good on base average last year and uh, that's something the Oakland Athletics have been known for. They, they really work counts there. Is that kind of the culture that you experienced in your time with them? Yeah, I mean, it's they don't really preach it as uh, they sit everybody down and like they lay it out, but they, they give you the scouting reports and the, the approach to go against guys, and it gives you a better idea of what they want to go to so you can kind of spin on pitches and get yourself in better leverage counts. And when you get that lineup that they have in a better leverage count, they're going to do some absolute damage with it. Mm-hmm. Joe, as you go into spring training now, are you going to approach it any differently than you have in the past? 
Um, I would say the the first couple years in going into spring training, I was going back and forth between starting and relieving, so that was always uh, a little bit um, interesting to pick a word to describe it. Um, Yeah, I mean, everything's tough, but it it was tough to, you know, have that a little bit of uncertainty, but um, I think uh, for this year, uh, well, last year was my first year that I was only in the bullpen the the whole spring training, and I got off to a decent start, and I I think that was maybe helpful, but this year, um, a guy like Brent Strom, pitching coach, um, is really kind of on the same page with me. And I had a lot of good experiences with Pete Walker in, in Toronto. Um, Brent is very, like, mechanics-minded, and um, which contributed to me kind of diving into some mechanical stuff last year, which was very helpful to me, and I appreciated the opportunity to do that during the season uh, while the season was going on. And um, this spring, we've, we've been in contact, and we've been talking about kind of some of those things, um, improving on some of the areas that I started working on last year. And so, for me, it's it's one of the things that's really been nice is having the the back and forth in the off season something that I can kind of establish uh, momentum on in the off season to then take into spring training and just kind of check how it's going as the month goes by. Um, so that's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, I think it's a little different because um, I kind of have this you know, plan with the team that um, we're kind of monitoring instead of being a little more on my own. And so having that plan that we're working on, we're able to kind of check that as I go. And that's has a, gives me a slightly different feel um, as opposed to previous years. And it's nice because I can go to him and say, hey, what do you think about this? And we're monitoring the video and we're looking at this, you know, the spin rates and all the different things like that that I've been introduced to more recently. And... Uh, it just gives you a different feel of like, okay, we're going, you know, we're pulling in the same direction, and uh, and it and it gives you that confidence to be like, okay, I can make little adjustments, I can have somebody to bounce these ideas off of, and it really gives you that feeling of confidence and support of like, okay, these things that I'm trying, I can go out there and be confident about them, um, instead of just like, you know, trying to make it through and make, you know, kind of establish yourself and stuff like that. Not that I'm super established, but to have that ability to be like, you know, it's an open conversation, it's an open line, um, really gives me kind of a different feel. So I'm looking forward to that this this year. It's been fascinating to watch the sort of evolution of of pitching, you know, the last five years or so with the dynamics that you talked about. Uh, You come to a club and you're presented with, you know, statistics and this is what you do well, which, which a number of players have said is very helpful to them mm-hmm. to hear this is what you do best. A- and I would think you'd know that, but I-, I can see why, you know, a different voice might mean something like that. Is that your experience with it? Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of uh, really smart people. Um, there's also a lot of really dumb people. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no dumb people. They're all really smart, but because they're smart you know sometimes different perspectives different experiences lead to a different kind of mindset about it like um, some people have different beliefs as opposed to others and when 
you know, I was approached, you know, by this team after getting traded and they sat you down and they give you this presentation and it's like, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, you know, and they say, hey, there's a, you know, there's a temptation to feel overloaded here with all this stuff. And we want you to start working on this stuff, but we, you know, we don't want you to get overwhelmed. We don't want you to feel like it's a lost cause if it doesn't go well right away or whatever, which was really helpful for me um, to experience. But the, the, the logic and common sense, as well as the models that they presented, paired with the track record that they've had with a lot of pitchers in the last few years, kind of equates to that magic dust that people joke about, you know, where mm -hmm. it's like, hey, this is actually, um, you know, this is actually making a big difference. This is actually legit. And uh, so I definitely bought in right away. Um, but the the philosophy that they have is it's, it's pretty refreshingly simple um, more s simple than I thought where they've kind of perfected um, this kind of happy medium between having all the information and keeping it simple and they found a way to say okay these are the things that we want you to focus on and you know this is what we want you to get good at this is what we want you to do more and uh, it was you know, to just know coming in that they have something special and then to kind of finally see it. I had to, you know, resist myself from getting too excited and being like, I want to try all these things at once. And I got a little <laughs> bit into that and they said, okay, just, it's okay, slow, you know, slow down kind of thing. But it was nice to feel that support from yeah. the team being like, this is a future looking thing and we, you know, we want you to continue to get better at this stuff and this is the stuff you can implement. Um, but it, that's one of the reasons why I'm, you know, proud to be a part of this organization is because first of all they're all really good looking which is which helps <laughs> yeah. but secondly and almost as important it's the the quality that they per are pursuing yeah. um that really um just gives you a lot of confidence like this is the right thing you know these guys have done this for a long time and they've kind of weeded out they've, they've found their path and and that's why i like to be a part of it when you uh join a team and then you're here for portion of the season now you've come back for your first full year getting ready for spring training you meet Dustin you exchange some thoughts with him uh, you know he has a good reputation as a game caller how does that play for a reliever um, I hope it plays well <laughs> um, you know I've mostly just been trying out some of my weird jokes so far but um, <laughs> That's a very important part of the relationship. Yes, it is. Um, I haven't ran away yet. But <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hanging in there but longer than most. But, um, you know, that's something that I've really learned the value of over the last few years. And I look forward to, you know, getting into to spring and sitting down and, like, talking through stuff and being like, this is kind of what feels good to me. This is what I do. This is what I've had success with. And then... You know, what have you had success with, with, uh, you know, pitchers who throw similarly or just similar pitches or similar situations, similar counts that, that I'm talking about. And this is, you know, and so like last year um, with Toronto, I did that where we had a little meeting with the catchers and pitching coaches and it's like, this is kind of my plan. And uh, what do you think about that? And then they would say, I agree with this. And then I, I've had a different experience with this. And then it's kind of like, it's fun when you know, everybody's getting on the same page. And I used to kind of think like, oh, I can just kind of get by with just like doing my thing and just shake off or something if I don't. But I've really learned that like 
when everybody's kind of like thinking the same way and and know each other so well that it's like oh yeah i was thinking the same you know it's kind of you're on mm-hmm. this so you're trying to always get there it doesn't always happen mostly it's my fault but um <laughs> it's fun to get there and i'm looking forward to you know to getting with these guys and like and talking about all that stuff and then maybe throwing in a couple jokes here and there we'll yeah. see He's, he's tolerating him well so far anyway. <laughs> Make plans now to see your Houston Astros in action as the 2020 spring training schedule gets underway, February 22nd at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. Just 37 days away, you're listening to Astroline Live from Plucker's Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd, downtown Houston, presented by Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing. Crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. The Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA, is the official kids club of the Houston Astros and the coolest way to show off your Astros pride in school or on the playground. For only $30, get Astros Buddies items, including a backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard, as well as tickets to select home games at Minute Maid Park. To learn more or to become a member, go to astros.com slash buddies. On Astroline, Bill Brown with Twyla Carter, Executive Director of the Astros Foundation, as we're sitting here recording this at Minute Maid Park. The stage is being assembled for the Diamond Dreams Gala. A very exciting time for you as this event rolls around every year, and especially so this year because of your entertainer and everything else that you've lined up, Twyla. Yeah, Lionel Richie. We'll be dancing on the ceiling, right? I can yeah. <laughs> singing already. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, the stage is going in, and it's uh, it's going to be a record year for us. We're expecting about 14, 1,500 guests and just a great, fun event, dancing shoes ready. I'm, I'm ready to roll. He's a four-time Grammy Award winner, and uh, he's uh, really spanned the ages with his entertainment. It's an ageless type of singing, right? Yeah, well, you know, Bill, I'm looking across. You've got gray hair. I've got gray hair. But uh, <laughs> Lionel Richie is relevant today. I mean, I, I know he's been on some recent shows, and he's a recording artist, obviously, of kind of, of our time, but he's he's relevant today, and everybody loves his music. And, you know, it's as soon as you hear the song, you're like, oh, I didn't know that's Lionel Richie. And this will be on the field at Minute Maid Park, Friday, January 17th at 5.30, the fifth annual Diamond Dreams Gala. And, of course, you'll do very well financially. And uh, tell us a little bit about what the foundation does with events uh, from these uh, generating that kind of income. 
Well, um, the foundation, uh, this this initiative supports our uh, partnership with New Hope Housing. Uh, one of our core focus areas for the foundation is uh, homelessness. And uh, New Hope Housing is a great partner for us in that area. And this goes to the operating uh, budget over at the Reed Road location. If you've not been over there, it's a fabulous uh, new building. And uh, it ha provides housing for families. It used to be that they were only for single residents, but now it's for women and children, or men and children, and, you know, for families. Um, but uh, that's that's what we our work here benefits. It's between the it's split between the Astros Foundation and New Hope Housing. The Astros Foundation, our core focus uh, areas, of course, homelessness, youth baseball and softball, childhood cancer, military. Uh, homelessness and domestic violence and so we you don't have all day for me to talk to you about that but i could but we've, we've got a lot of efforts going on in the community and and a lot of work out there a lot of work to be done so we're, we're grateful for the support of the community on this event general admission concert tickets fifty dollars that is a bargain for lionel richie yeah come on down <laughs> yeah so we've got a limited amount of concert only tickets uh where you can sit in the stadium we've got concessions open cash bar uh seating is all in the lower level great seats fifty dollars i mean you can't you can't get a concert ticket for that especially on a lower level seat and uh, it's you know it's part of the evening you know j just to really open it up to our fans and and the individuals who don't necessarily want a gala table and a sit down dinner but want to have a good time they were dancing in the aisles last last year with uh, Earth Wind and Fire so I'm sure they'll be dancing on the ceiling with Lionel and they'll see some Astros players and legends uh, in the audience yeah well you're a legend you'll be there won't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, whatever you want to call me I'll yeah. be there <laughs> yeah you're a legend yeah we've got some of our uh, obviously our, our current players and some of our our great friends from the past um, some of the Astros legends and well we'll all be there having a good time truly just such an opportunity for uh, people to start thinking baseball and get in the mood for that as well as they see these players come in because uh, shortly after this they're going to be donning the uniforms and and getting things ready it's an exciting time of the year isn't it absolutely it's an exciting time of the year every day for us the foundation our work is in the community year, year round but certainly uh, we we provide a uh, or we get a lot of exposure when the team's playing so I'm looking forward to baseball season and it's just around the corner. The foundation has grown so much down through the years. And uh, it's, it's hard to visualize probably that this foundation could grow that much more, but you probably do. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to hear all the time, oh, I didn't know the Astros had a foundation. Now I hear you guys are everywhere. So I said, you know, we've gone from nowhere to now here. Works that way. Uh, there's a lot of great work out in the community to be done. So uh, lots of work left to do. And uh, it's an, every day I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to, you know, have the impact that we do. But, yeah, we've got lots more work to do. So we need, we need the support show up. Thanks, Twyla. Thank you. Twyla Carter, now we're back live at Pluckers Wing Bar on Shepherd with Astroline. And we have questions from the fans' social media. Joe, you'll love this one. Can you two-step, Joe? Oh, jeez. Um, I, I can do the three-step. <laughs> three-step. And that's because I just throw in too many extra steps because I'm so bad at dancing that it turns into the three-step or even four-step sometimes. <laughs> well, we like that kind of innovation here in Texas. Now, Dustin, when did you know you were going to the big leagues? What age did you were you sure oh, that wow. you were? That I was sure I was going to the big yes. leagues. Yes. 2015 <laughs> when they told me you're going to the big leagues. <laughs> that was it. Surprise, uh, surprise. I mean, you always have the dream and, and the passion to do it, but 
for me, I was never the big prospect, and I was never the big guy on the on the radar for anybody. But I had a, I've had a couple good years in a row, so I, I knew it was actually a possibility. But then, when, I mean, I was riding on a bus to Nashville, and he, my manager told me I was going to the big leagues, and I still didn't hit me until I got to, to the hotel the next day. It's, it's crazy. Catchers typically are later developing. Is that something that was in your mindset? Hey, if I keep sticking it out here in the minor leagues, I'm going to get my chance? Kind of, yeah, because you tell everybody knows that good catching is hard to come by, so I kind of stuck to where my, I was defensive first for a lot of years, and I finally had a couple of years in a row where I started hitting some homers and having some better at-bats and that kind of strung together on the offensive side at least. And then for me it's just being behind the plate and being trustworthy back there and as good as I can, can be at least to where I have a good, good shot at least. So we mentioned earlier you're known for being a good game caller. Mm. How have you acquired those skills down through the years? Oh, man, just watching, learning, putting your ego aside and checking yourself every day when a game goes and I call a 10-run game. I look back and it might have been my fault. And if I can learn from that, my mistakes, and then for the next day not make them again, and I kind of build that through the season and seasons building the years. And that's where, for me at least, uh, I think I started learning how to do that at at a young age. Check my ego, call a good game. Be very confident for my pitchers, even when I'm, if I do call a bad game, that I, I, I will go back, check my mistakes, and then not make them again at least. Mm-hmm. But, Joe, when you work with Dustin in spring training, are you particular in, in how a catcher sets up? Do you have that conversation, or do you just let it evolve? Um, I like when they don't wear any pads <laughs> because it means they're confident that they're, you know, not going to. No mask. We're going to have a tough time, Joe. Um, <laughs> I don't – I'm not super picky. Um, I um, – yeah, I mean, I kind of try to appreciate everybody's style. And um, honestly, like, the only reason I might be picky or might have any, you know, kind of misunderstandings or anything like that is just a lack of communication, which I try not to – I try to avoid that. You know, obviously, the length of my answers so far has – probably giving you insight into my communication abilities or just lack of or whatever that is but um yeah i mean when you kind of understand the reasons why somebody does something i feel like you can kind of agree on anything really um and uh you know i've had a good good experiences with catchers in in the past and um you know i mean the reputation precedes him so i, I just uh, you know i'm i'm looking forward to it and uh you know i'm just again looking forward to those conversations to, to kind of get on the same page and you know just throw in whatever other kind of stuff we like you know bird watching and things like that perfect <laughs> you know Long just walks build it. it's like camaraderie you know, it's <laughs> team, team building activities well that's a big part of it and, and when you join a unit like this that has the camaraderie it probably is a little bit easier to feel like i'm just going to be myself here and not have to go crazy trying to learn every nuance of every guy right absolutely then you don't have to worry about stepping on eggshells and playing scared and all that kind of stuff that you hear about that when you see a bunch of guys that are playing themselves and having fun doing it day in and day out and they're some of the best players in the game it makes it easier for you to show up to the field be yourself and play play your best ability to contribute so that's definitely a a big aspect of it when you were growing up and checking out major league catchers did you have a favorite catcher that you would try to emulate in some ways? Yachty, for sure. And then Russell Martin when he was with the Dodgers. I like watching him catch a lot because he was kind of 
in L.A. when I was starting to get my foothold in baseball, going through junior high to high school kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I watched him a lot. Yadier Molina, obviously, is one of the best in the game. So watched him a lot, too. Yeah. And, Joe, how about you with pitchers? Did you have a, a particular favorite? Probably uh, Yadier Molina. <laughs> um, he's my favorite. He would always throw from the wrong direction. Yes, I don't know what yes. it was with that. But um, I grew up a Giants fan, so I I liked uh, Rob Nen, um, Jason Schmidt. His name's yeah. very hard to say. Yes. I mean, even Tim Lincecum when he started, I was still kind of in college, I think. And um, but. Yeah, Matt Kane, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they had a really good team for a lot of years there, and uh, luckily it was right before I had gotten drafted, so I was still kind of more of a pure fan, so it was fun to watch those teams. But even like a guy like Kirk Reeder, you know, yeah. somebody like that, just to watch him pitch and watch him like toy with, with guys and change speeds and everything. Um, but yeah, I got spoiled with some some fun teams out in San Francisco. You really uh, did. Now what about uh, the the declining use of the fastball in Major League Baseball? Do you think it will continue to go in that direction? If the punch outs keep going up, I think it will. (laughs) Because if you can save your 100 mile an hour fastball for when you need it to scare a guy or to get him to blow by him, uh, it makes hitting that much harder. Because for us as hitters, you have to sit on a fastball. If you don't sit on the fastball, you can't. The only pitch you're going to hit is the off-speed stuff. But if you sit on the fastball, you can kind of react sometimes to your off-speed stuff. So the more it's going and going, and the guys, guys now they throw so hard the 90, 92 mile hour sliders, they're they're wipeout pitches from the get-go. So it's so in my opinion, if uh, the trend goes and the the strikeouts go up, there's no reason to, to get off of it. What, you know, what is a, a would you say fastball? <laughs> what is well, that? What do you do with we're that? We're going to find out after you devour this plate of wings. How the gluten? Uh, yeah, the <laughs> vegan, wing. vegan wings, uh, <laughs> protein based, very. You healthy. do have celery there for a balanced yeah, diet. Yeah. Well, I haven't. Had, I you know it's it's been a busy day, so I got to you know we had to work out this morning. Worked out very hard, and and we're being very responsible. <laughs> well, we're going to give you a little break because I know you dip that celery in. So uh, we're going to give Dustin another question here while you move your mic out of the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> we love, love the sound effect. The ambient noise here is fantastic uh. at Pluckers. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been interesting uh, with these styles of pitching evolving, and yet you still, and we saw it, we saw it almost every night with the crisp fastball here. Yep. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing secret about Justin Verlander and what he's going to bring. Absolutely. And, and it's, there's nothing like executing a great fastball, right? It's the best pitch in baseball. Yeah, yeah. And is that something that, that you, uh, when you work with a guy with an outstanding fastball, you need to establish that early especially, or are there games that he'll say, well, you know, I'm not feeling it here coming out of the bullpen. Let's ease it in a little more. How does that work for you? I think it's it's night in and night out that now the guy you can lose the game in the first inning, especially being it, uh, the pitching staff that we have or the, the players that we have. I mean, if you give everybody can get shut down, but if you give up a one or two spot in the first inning, then the, the opposing pitcher has a great night. You can really lose the game in the first inning. So if a guy doesn't have it coming out of the bullpen, and it's going to show the first batter, maybe two batters, then definitely you're going to make the adjustment out of the get go and just bring bring your best up. And you can kind of, after that, get yourself into the game later with it and establish the fastball later if you have to. But 
if you're going to hit the rough spot, because every every game you're going to have at least one or two innings where they're going to have a rough spot in it, hopefully at least one. But And then if you get out of those in the first inning, then you can kind of cruise into the rest of the game. So I would say it's night to night, but if you have to make an adjustment and audible in the first inning and, and bring your best stuff, then you have to do it. And when you're working with Lance McCullers, who, who threw 24 straight curveballs in a World <laughs> Series game, uh, it's easy to see what, what's going to work and what yeah. continues to work. But he still needs that fastball. He's got to be effective with that. But that's the thing with Lance, though, is he can do 24 uh, curveballs in a row, and you still know that he has set 97 in the, in the tank. And is he going to throw at this pitch? He can't throw another one. Here comes 97. So that's always in the back of your head as a hitter, too. I mean, yeah, you can always go up there and sit curveball, and you're, you still have to hit it, but you can get a better chance of doing it. But in the back of your mind, you know 96, 97 is going to come at you, and that comes fast. You know, I think uh, Osuna, and Joe can speak to this too, but he has a few more wings to devour. Uh, Osuna's really a throwback type of a closer with the, the great changeup and, and still a crisp fastball and, and the breaking stuff. He really has more options than have you worked with a closer who's had that many pitches that he can throw for strikes? Not very many guys do that with three or four pitches as a closer because it's usually you got your, your, fast, your good fastball and your strikeout pitch. But as a closer, to have at least a third pitch to where if that strikeout pitch isn't working that night to go to another one, that's a huge deal, especially to keep guys off balance. So you see guys in the big leagues all the time. They're two-pitch guys, fastball slider, but if they don't have one of those pitches that night, it could be a long night for them. Mm-hmm. Joe, I, I remember one of – sorry. I, you know, okay. I had a really great nugget here. Sorry. Um, that one of the pitchers with Toronto said he was uh, – um, he said that he thought Osuna was had the best natural feel for pitching he'd ever seen, which meant that it didn't mean that he didn't work hard or anything on the side, but that he just could pick up things really fast. His body, the way it moved, the way he was, you know, he was so coordinated and so, you know, kind of the timing was always so good, and he could just kind of do whatever he wanted, you know, and it's, it's fun to watch that and wish that you can do that yourself um, because he can be different styles you know a guy like that can pitch old school or new school you know or whatever he can just go with the same pitch every single time he can not throw a fastball for three hitters and then he can throw all fastballs and just locate it and I always enjoyed watching him um, in Toronto and I'm glad that he's gotten you know a second chance to be successful here and he's um, you know it's just a, another fun guy to watch play you haven't had uh, much chance, Dustin, and, and you too, Joe, to, to get a feel for this city, right? Uh, but when you move to a new city as a major league player, how long do you think it takes for you to kind of feel comfortable living in that city? That's a good question. Um, it depends on where you're living, if you have the neighbors that you kind of know around you or whatever your, your day-in and day-out schedule is. And you, that's that's kind of where it starts for me is at home is that if I – Say if I have my kids or my wife with me, we get a staying in day out schedule and kind of stick with that to where it breeds the uh, every day easy to the next day. If you get thrown off schedule, you don't know where anything's at, you don't know where your grocery store is or yada yada. You have to find all that stuff, and it breeds just uh, a little panic kind of yeah. deal because you don't know where anything is. But once you get in and know your surroundings, that kind of makes it easier getting into the city you live in. We all like our comfort zones. Yes, is that the way you are, Joe? Too. Yeah, I would say that. Uh I mean, my comfort zone is here sitting next to you guys. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Especially with those wings. <laughs> and, yeah, the wings are nice. Nice uh, heat. Aroma, and, yeah. Yeah, the aroma is nice. Um, I remember waking up 
one time in a hotel room during a season a couple of years ago and not knowing what city I was in. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It might have been from some bad decisions the previous night or something, but uh, just kidding. Uh, but I, I think what that shows you is, like, it, it teaches you to learn to just kind of be comfortable with being uncomfortable yep. and the uncertainty of things and not knowing where things are and trying to, you know. And, and it's nice to have teams that have a lot of resources that give you you know like hey i need this or that and they have somebody there that knows it and you know it's nice to have the support and then you go to your teammates and just kind of hang out with them and it's kind of like when you get to a new team it's like the minor league lifestyle all over again where you all just kind of stayed in a pack Mm -hmm. you know like if you drive through some minor league town somewhere this season you see a bunch of young men walking (laughs) together it's like there's a minor league baseball team going out to applebee's or something (laughs) and so you kind of learn from your teammates and just kind of spend time with them and then you're able to branch off into your own thing but baseball is a unique you know thing where you spend so much time together and you're kind of in the same schedule and rhythm that you just end up doing the same things, and then you go, hey, where do you live? Oh, okay, I'm going to go over there. Yeah. You know, where do, where do you go to eat? Oh, I'm going to go, you know. So it's um, it's fun in that way to honestly be forced to use those resources that are available to you if you're not familiar. Baseball's back at Minute Maid Park February 28th through March 1st as the Big 12 takes on the SEC Conference at the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic. Watch the University of Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, LSU, Arkansas, and Missouri Mad Bolts in this three-day baseball tournament. Go to astros.com slash collegeclassic for tickets. We'll be back with one final segment from Plucker's Wing Bar. This is Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing on the Astros Radio Network. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astro Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487. The Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA, is the official kids club of the Houston Astros and the coolest way to show off your Astros pride in school or on the playground. For only $30, get Astros Buddies items, including a backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard, as well as tickets to select home games at Minute Maid Park. To learn more or to become a member, go to astros.com slash buddies. Welcome back to Plucker's Wing Bar here on Shepard. And glad to have you with us tonight on Astroline. Bill Brown, Dustin Garneau has been doing a TV hit. Joe Biagini, we have about two minutes left on the show. You guys were uh, where at uh, Children's Hospital this morning. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I think it's great that you're able to engage with the fans uh, on FanFest days like this. It probably helps you a little bit, right, to feel uh, that you know a few people in Houston when you come back from spring training. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, 
I don't know if it's this is the main goal of this event, but it definitely gives us a lot of feel good, you know, confidence and I just like it it's fun to have these people come out and support you and you know, you know, I don't know, maybe you're feeling like I don't know if I deserve this or whatever, but when people show up for you, you know, it's it's so you know, fun to get that uh, response and also just, you know, visiting these hospitals, for example. I mean, there really isn't any better way to kind of use the platform that you've been given and a reminder to be grateful for it. You're tempted to be selfish and you're tempted to think, oh, just worry about my career and, what you know, I don't want to get up early and blah, 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 blah. It's like this is the most impactful thing that we can do, you know, far beyond anything we can do on the baseball field. So that's uh, just trying to remind myself of how grateful I should be for these opportunities to kind of just have a moment with somebody and, uh, you know, somebody that might brighten their day a little bit, hopefully. Well put. So about 30 seconds left. You married, Joe? I am not. I don't, okay. not that I know of. All right. So you need to check that documentation, but I'm so far. Working on it. Okay. Working on it, but it may be a work in progress. Is that correct? I hope so. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's up to her, I've been told. So <laughs> Whoever she well, may be. Yes. She's out there. <laughs> Becca, if you're listening, sorry, I don't know. I was, uh, I love you. Well stated. Uh, Thanks, Joe, for being on with us. Thanks to Dustin. It's been a lot of fun tonight on Astroline. And thanks to Pluckers Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd Downtown Houston and to our flagship station, Sports Talk 790 KBME, our studio engineer, Josh C. And, of course, Matt Boltz right here at the controls, producing and engineering here at Pluckers. Tune in next Thursday for the next installment of Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing right here on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Astroline. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Astroline. On Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.